Recovery Radio, KMP3, Thousand Oaks. Good evening, whatever it is. Here we are. So grateful you're listening. I'm so grateful. Sick of hearing that? Tough. I am so grateful. I have my cup of uh, French roast in my bike mug that was gifted to me by my friend Sarah. And uh, it says, enjoy the ride. I'm going to talk about that today. Just going to jump right in. I don't know if you've ever heard of Emma Fox, but he's stealing my ideas. I have this analogy about the bike and the 12 steps and looks a little something like this. If you bought a bike that you had to assemble, you'd bring it home and you would assemble it and then you would ride it. You put it together and then you would ride it and you'd enjoy riding it. You would not have to take it apart over and over again. You would not. I'm just thinking about it. If you did that, would you take the bike home, put it together, ride it, take it home again, take it apart again, analyze like the tire, analyze it, write about it, study the spokes? Try to figure out why the... bike works how it does no nobody would do that it's not the point but awful lot of people that I have met in the fellowship of Alcoholics Anonymous do that with their program
But it's a little worse because not only are they not riding the bike and enjoying their life, but they're too caught up in it to really help anyone else who can't put together a bike at all. So it's very bizarre to watch to me. So I have this bike analogy. And that's why I got the cup. Enjoy the ride. Put it together. Yeah, you'll have to change some parts. Yeah, you can <clears throat> get better tires and clean it and etc. But don't take it apart and look at it and analyze it. There's no point. So there's a book that I read with my wife in the morning called Emmett Fox Around the Year. And uh, a couple days ago, he he wrote something very similar. And it's from November 3rd in the book. And I'm going to read it. Ready for this? This is the point to the bike analogy. It's called Theoretical Centipede. Do not dissect things too much. By the time you have dissected a living thing, you have killed it. And you no longer have the thing that you began with. Take a rose out of the bowl, pull its petals apart, count them, weigh them, measure them, and then, while you will have certain interesting information, you no longer have a rose. There is a place for analysis, but it is apt to be quite fatal in prayer and meditation. Do not dissect the love of God. Feel it. Do not dissect divine intelligence, but realize it. Do not wonder how God can possibly solve this problem, but just watch him do it in his own way. And he will if you give him a chance. You know that God is love, so go ahead on that. And do not get theoretical about it. Do you remember the old verse that says, A centipede was happy quite, Until a frog in fun said, Pray which leg comes after which. This raised her mind to such a pitch, She lay distracted in the ditch, Considering how to run. I'll read that again. A centipede was happy quite until a frog in fun said, pray which leg comes after which. This raised her mind to such a pitch she lay distracted in the ditch considering how to run. The analysis rendered the centipede unable to move. It just lay there. 
nothing. I don't hear it anymore, but I used to hear it all the time. First five years of my sobriety, they used to say analysis paralysis. They used to say that all the time. They don't say it anymore. Now you get deep, right? Now you spend a lot of time analyzing stuff. Now we've got the bike taken apart, pieces strewn everywhere. Now we're really, if we understand them, then we'll be able to ride the bike better. But it's important we really dissect the pieces. I mean, the poor big book goes against all this. I don't know how we wound up with what's common today with all the analysis, but the big book really goes against this. It spends a lot of time, arguably more time than anything else, explaining to us that this is not going to keep us sober or happy for that matter. It's not the answer. nothing in it that says you need to understand why it's more like you're in a hole and here's how you get out of the hole we can talk all day about why you're in the hole but if you're in the hole you need to get out and this is how you get out and despite Knowing all this today, so plainly, it's so clear today to me, I did spend years just sitting there analyzing it. Had to figure it out. Even though I tried not to. I mean, I really tried not to even. But I will say that once I've got the message that I have now, I have generally stopped doing that. And I've generally been riding the bike. So are you the theoretical centipede? Are you laying there thinking about That kind of thing. Analyzing stuff about yourself. It does have its place. But in my experience, it's just a brief place. It's just so I can see it and acknowledge it. to ride the bike.
can't tell you how many hundreds of conversations I've had with people and have with people still who are just like the caterpillar laying in the ditch thinking. And it's so, it's such a miracle when that, when, such a miracle when I really surrendered and had an experience that caused a lot of the analysis to dissipate. I don't know why. To me, the miracle comes when all of a sudden somebody's willing to assemble the bike and ride it. I'll read it again. Do not dissect things too much. By the time you have dissected a living thing, you have killed it. And you no longer have the thing that you began with. Take a rose out of the bowl, pull its petals apart, count them, weigh them, measure them, and then, while you have certain interesting information, you no longer have a rose. There's a place for analysis, but it is apt to be quite fatal in prayer and meditation. Do not dissect the love of God, but feel it. Do not dissect divine intelligence, but realize it. Do not wonder how God can possibly solve this problem, but just watch him do it in his own way. And he will if you give him a chance. You know that God is love, so go ahead go ahead on that and do not get theoretical about it. Remember the spiritual life is not a theory? <laughs> we have to live it. I think what's described here at the beginning of this is really what happens in with the steps so much, the way we've dissected our character defects. You know, we do an inventory. I mean, I, when I did an inventory, I wound up with a rose. And I did not take it apart in steps six and seven. I think a lot of times I've seen it. Somebody gets handed a rose and then they just take all the petals off of it. Worth it to talk about this. Worth it to talk about it into the ground, I think, because it's just so prevalent. And I used to do it. I don't do it anymore. And that's, that's again, it's a big part of why I have today a happy life. You know, it says, I don't know what page it's on, maybe 130. 
I don't know, who cares? In a family afterward, and the family afterward says, we found nothing incompatible between a life of this powerful spiritual experience and a life of sane, happy usefulness. Happy. It's a key word. Yep. Page 130. Even though knowing what page it's on, knowing what's in the book, and living the book are unrelated. I know that. Doesn't mean anything. I know a lot of drunk people who can quote the book and know what page it's on. But anyway, happy usefulness. That's a big part of why. Not just a big part. It's central to why I'm happy today. Because I'm not in my head. I'm not analyzing myself anymore. But the way the big book was shown to me and explained to me really made all this possible. And if my sponsor was like, take all the petals off of the rose, I'd be having a very different experience. I'd be thinking about myself still all day, like I did in the first two, two and a half years of my sobriety. I was just analysis paralysis. It does not feel good. It's not, it's not, doesn't feel good to be in my head. And the plot, I feel, is for me to be present for everyone around me so that I could hopefully do something rad for someone else. Be out of self so God can use me for something. And it's nothing new. None of this is anything new. None of this is invented by Bill Wilson or Dr. Bob or Alcoholics Anonymous. They published a formula to cause someone to have a spiritual experience. But the principles are not AA. They're ancient I just love that analogy about the caterpillar, a happy caterpillar. At the beginning of it, he was happy. Just walking along. And then somebody said, have you ever thought about which foot goes first? And then the caterpillar's laying in a ditch, analyzing itself. It's powerful. So the practical application of tools to get out of my head is so important. When I'm stuck in my head, I turn to God, ask him to direct my attention to someone else. If I'm not willing to do that, I do an inventory. If I'm not willing to do that, I do the third step. To me, it's that ABC. Because it happens without 
wanting it to. Just all of a sudden you're analyzing yourself. Then all of a sudden you've been doing it for an hour and all of a sudden you've been doing it for a month and someone's like, what are you in your head for? And you're like, oh, wow, I even see it. So, send me an email, sarcasticbigbook at gmail.com. Follow me on Instagram, sarcastic.aa.book. A lot of silliness there. A lot of inverted message there, designed to make you chuckle. And um, thanks to everyone for supporting this show, telling other people about it means a lot and uh, shout out to Happy Joyce and Three and the Black Rhinos and all my friends out there you know I have a god dog that I already mentioned him somebody asked me to be godfather to their dog and uh, dog's name is Obi special relationship he barks and bites things and runs around and I look at him and tell him how cute he is I'll say it to anyone who needs to hear it everything's okay everything is okay now I am gonna go try to live a life that was worth saving and I hope do the same.